Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And here we are to preview week two of the finals. Elimination semifinals, we've got the Roosters up against the Manly Seagulls. And on the other side of the draw of the Battle of the West, it's the Panthers up against the Parramatta Eels. Boxhead, how's your week been? Good legend, what about yours? Mate, just work. Work, 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 lockdown, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel? I was, we were just talking off air. The, um, our two youngers are going back to um, daycare tomorrow, back to school. Uh, yeah, I just think it's important that we we're going to open up in what three or four weeks now, four or five weeks, depending on whenever we hit seventy percent. So um, the two littlies are trying to kill each other. They need um, they need school. They need to be learning. Um, and look, the data and the the facts of the matter are that um, it doesn't seem to be um, impacting young kids too much and um, so they've got every possible safety measure in place and um, yeah we've got confidence that um, we can send them back and away we go so yeah hopefully <coughs> we're on the hill we're on the way down the hill anyway not still on the way up the hill in regards to COVID and everything that goes with it so you had your second jab today yeah, and I had um, I had the Astra. A lot of people obviously avoided it and tried to get Pfizer. It was hard for me to get Pfizer, yeah. even being an essential worker. So and I yeah. get that as well because there was a lot of there was a lot of misinformation about AstraZeneca out there, and I know like my wife didn't want AstraZeneca, so I, I probably would have just taken either. I was lucky enough to to get Pfizer fairly early, and I've been double jabbed now for uh, I don't know, six or eight weeks, but. Um, yeah, it's good. It's it's good. I mean, it's just part of what we're going to do. I think they're they're not they're saying they're not going to make it mandatory to be vaccinated, but it doesn't look like you're going to be able to do a hell of a lot if you're not vaccinated. So they can say it's not mandatory, but it's essentially going to be, isn't it? If you if you want to go to a cafe or a restaurant or a pub or a game of footy, it looks like you you're going to have to prove it. Yeah, I guess we'll learn more as everything goes along. But um, again, yeah. I'm jealous of the the Queenslanders who are going to enjoy the rugby league this weekend. These two games. Yeah, I've been looking at a little bit online, like with the test, the India England test, and just a little bit of what the NFL are doing, and they're they're making people either either you've got to prove your vac- vaccinations status as you enter the ground. That's what they're doing. Um, at, I think it was the Oval that I looked up for the England-India test. And then I looked at a few different NFL stadiums on the weekend. Some of them were just open slather. Others were doing, like, rapid antigen te- testing to get in. And then others were doing sort of, you know, your VAC status. So it's just interesting to see how other countries are doing it because obviously it's going to be... It'll be us if England come out and play the Ashes, which, you know, is still up in the air, and then obviously looking forward to next NRL season, just how it's all going to operate in regards to getting into games and hopefully getting back to some sort of normalcy. 
Yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll learn more, I guess, as it all plays out, and hopefully they're looking at other examples in different countries. But like we said, Queensland, lucky enough to enjoy two more games of rugby league this week. These two at Mackay, BB Print Stadium, and then the run home, the prelim finals and the grand final, obviously, for the first time at Suncorp Stadium. But let's kick it off with our Penrith Solar Centre powerful preview of these two clashes on the weekend. Tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy. The team at Penrith Solar are passionate about helping you Sinbin rising power bills for good. Find out how they can make you, your family, the real big winners this season with quality solar solutions. Visit www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1800 20 today. Uh, Box said the first game, Friday night, it's the Roosters up against the Manly Seagulls. And um, the Roosters, as we've said all year, just resilient, been through so much, so many injuries, suspensions, rep football, had to change their game and readjust and another bit of a hurdle they managed to get through last week, but Siwa Toki Aho has now been ruled out and then Sam Verrells obviously didn't beat his charge, so the situation there where we don't quite know who the hooker is yet, more than likely it looks like Maskey will be brought in from the reserves to start there, but they've got some other options, and then the Tokyo situation again, um, just as it looked like they got another player back into their rotation, they've lost another player. Um, Manly, last week late, they lost Croker, which I think a little bit understated, but it didn't have an, an overall big impact on the game. They were their own worst enemy early on, and Melbourne obviously took them to school, but looking at this game, I guess we'll start on the, the Manly side of things and go back to similar to what we just said about last week, just... You know, no patience. I, I like the fact they try to play football out of yardage, but if you're going to play that sort of danger game in finals football and a team that likes to cycle, apply pressure, and is going to make you go backwards and forwards and earn your right um, to play attacking football, this week I think they might find it a little bit easier. You're, you're playing a team that's obviously had a ton of changes. There's a lot of guys that are carrying battle scars. I think last week the Titans had success early. Shifting in particular to the right-hand edge. They went after Kieran and they found a little bit more space over there and Herbert made some good yards. Kelly was effective on the other edge with Morris who's obviously had a long layoff with injury and he's finishing his career off and still a little bit under the weather. So um, I think that will be something that they'll definitely continue to do but obviously more effective this week. Um, yeah, it's interesting. They both won four of their last five and the only loss for each of them was to one of the teams having the week off. So... The form line reads quite well. Uh, <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Be, and they, like, trying to go back and look at a previous game, I had to go right back to round one. They haven't played since. So they, they played each other opening game of the year. The Roosters gave them a thumping. But, you know, the, the teams have changed and the form changed. Players available have changed. So that you can just throw that result in the bin. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's hard to sort of get a read on, on this game because just for that reason they haven't played each other in, in so long mm. well I think like you said for Manly um, definitely playing out of yardage will be key again it didn't work against Melbourne and they were probably a little bit impatient but they're playing a team here that their edges are a little bit more vulnerable in particular the two centre spots and I'm sure there'll be plenty of traffic running that regard um, you'd also find as well that Tom will be able to get the ball in much better positions this week because I'm sure they'll have a bit more success through their middle as well, but that's just some key things. Like their right edge, they're going to have to tighten that up. I know we said like last week, Harper copped a fair bit, but DCE to me kind of missed the brunt of most things. Like he was responsible for a lot 
of what went wrong as well in terms of his decisions. His disconnection with the back row and Olokuatu being up past the ball. Um, just composure, even in attack, skipping across players that don't think he kicked well. There's a lot of responsibility on him. And I think Foran to take a little bit more control and, and all the other stuff comes off the back of it. I think they learned the hard way last week that, again, it's not just going to happen because of Tom. You got into the finals, you're going to play teams that are going to be able to be more effective in stopping Tom or taking away that sort of strength of your game. They're not just going to be able to rely on him. And even with a weaker opponent, I've got no doubt the Roosters will be looking to kick well, try and pressure again, put him in corners and situations where he's not able to be as involved. But I've got full confidence with them in the state they're in right now um, in terms of, like we said, who's missing for them, that Manly should be able to roll much better, particularly with their middle and their edge players and move the football on the point of attack and open the roosters up enough to have Tom just be able to play off the front foot this week. Well, that's the key, that you can't avoid the middle of the field. So you can talk as much about... Now, all I'm hearing this crap, uh, Tom was off last week and, you know, Tom didn't have a great game. Well, Manly got dominated in the middle of the field. They had no momentum. So, therefore, your key position players had no momentum to play on the back off. Um, you know, I thought at, at certain times there, he, he did, you know, what we've spoken about over the last few weeks. He, he tried to generate some of his own momentum. He carried the ball one off the ruck and tried to get him behind the play of the ball. And, and he did as much as he possibly could to ignite Manly last week. But, you know, this is a different beast in terms of, you know, it's a team that's ranked lower. I know they're missing players, but the Roosters, you go through their, their side, they're, they're not going to be a pushover. Um, they've won two from Mackay. And when you look at, start to look at some of the studs over the year, like a lot of it is dead even almost. Um, the only real form line I could draw like when I was looking through it today is the Roosters beat the Raiders... Um, 40 to 16 and two weeks previous Manly beat the Raiders 1918 that was the only only real similar opponent that they played and we know how inconsistent and up and down the Raiders were throughout that sort of back end of the the season well the the whole season overall really Um, so yeah look I I think Manly deserves to be favourites because again if if this game is played to their style their, their middles win the ruck you know, I could see them comfortably winning this game. But if they don't get it all their own way and the Roosters' middle can really stand up and they can get competent play from nine, whether it's Marshy or whoever they decide to put there, and their halves do the job that they've been doing in that, you know, they kick well, they make their tackles, the Roosters are going to be very, very competitive. And the Roosters have got enough strike power on the edges with Crichton and Tupanua. They've got Radley back who can generate and link the middle of the field. And, you know, they've got two competent halves. And I think their centres have both been playing really well as well, the Roosters. And then to throw Tedesco into it. Um, yeah, I don't think the Roosters are going to be a pushover. And, you know, the Roosters would have... They got a lot of good video on Manly out of last week in terms of how to expose them. I know they're better than the players and probably the cohesion that the Storm have. But, you know, they've, they've got a really good coach, a really good tactician there who will understand, you know, the method and, um, you know, the style of play that's going to cause Manly trouble. So they're going to have to be right on here, Manly. I think you am going to go back to a desiism, but their completion rate's going to be really, really important, particularly early, I think, and just slowing the Roosters' ruck down. That, that's the one lesson that Manly have really got to take away from last week. 
they got absolutely murdered on play one and two on both sides of the ball by Melbourne. And we, we know Melbourne are the best at that. But realistically, Manly's end game here is they, they want to they want to beat Souths. They want to beat Melbourne. They, if you want to win the comp, they've got to start learning the lessons out of you know their results against the top four sides. Mm. I think the other thing as well, we saw last week, like we said, you take Tom out of the equation, pressure went on to guys that aren't used to carrying pressure or expectation. They really frustrated, in particular, Ola Kalatu. Munster got under his skin. You saw Schuster get frustrated late in the game. A couple of these younger guys have had a lot of things go their way. Hit a brick wall and last week. It's impacted by the fact that you've got, you don't have that moment, you know? Mm. So I, I thought last week they tried to play structure or slow play the balls. Whereas they would have been better off just zipping the ball to your Olakato or your shoe star, get them to go down up and play on the back of that. Whereas they, it was sort of like they were just getting to a point and irrespective of the momentum of that play the ball, they were still then trying to shift. And Melbourne just eat that for breakfast. Yeah, well, I think they're playing a team also and the Roosters, I think, have one of the worst completion rates in the cop themselves. So I think they're going to get more than enough opportunity unless the Roosters really tighten up this week but we've seen this in years gone by regardless of what troops they've got regardless of where they're at they've both got a 75% average completion rate this season Mm. the Roosters aren't afraid to try and play some football as well and we saw that last week against the Titans it wasn't the most cohesive at times but they're certainly not going to hold back so I think in that style of game it probably suits Manly they're going to get a little bit more freedom to do what they want to do but um, I think Croker, again, like I said, did, don't think he would have affected the result last week, but they had that cohesion with him playing middle. He's actually been doing a pretty good job. Um, Tapia's 200th, going to expect a better game out of the middles, and in particular, those two-edge guys, Hamoli and Schuster, need to be a bit better, get involved earlier, and expect Daly to be a lot more direct and kick better than what he did last week. Um, and then, yeah, I think that right edge, like you said this week, they would have gone over a few things and it's it's mainly Cherry Evans he's the link man between the back rower and the centre and he was the one that disconnected majority of the time there like Harper had some misses in general um, but yeah Cherry Evans for the most part was the one who sort of disconnected that edge inside and outside he needs to be much better in his decision making and again I don't think they're going to be as threatened but the Roosters in particular when they sweep to that left hand side you're going to see plenty of Tedesco getting around on that sweep shape trying to hit Crichton short or if they go out to the centres and get the ball to Morris etc Tupo that's generally where they do most of their good work yeah agree mate agree um, I think that the thing here for me you know like I don't think Hutchison had the greatest game last week off the back of a really good game Um, you know Liam was okay you you lose your nine but I think I just think they're a little bit busted you know like we've had we, we know they've been in and out all year but like you heard Trent speak a couple of weeks ago that I just needed to give Jared time off and Toki misses out again. And I know Crichton's back now and Satili, et cetera, but, you know, Radley last week holding his arm and the way they've been using Walker, I just think there's a lot of bruised and battered bodies here. So I think it's it's really on Manly. If they don't get the job done here, it's it's a real disappointment. That's that's my opinion. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm no, not I saying it's going to be easy. Think, I don't think we can assume. And, you know what? The Roosters have just proven everyone wrong week after week after week. And look, they'll, they'll go into this on the back of, you're right, last week they weren't great. And that game overall, it was entertaining, but it was it was probably low quality in terms of errors and penalties. So if they come out and complete like that and give Manly as many chances as the Titans, then you know, Manly will be more ruthless than what the Gold Coast were. No doubt about that. But I expect them to improve. 
they're also expecting Manly to improve. They, they would have been disappointed out of last week. So, yeah, look, I, I favour Manly based on what we've seen, particularly over the back end of the year, taking everything into consideration. But I, you know, depending on what the line is, I think it may be an open up at like 10, 9.5, 10. It's 11.5 now. Okay, yeah, I would have said about 12 would be right, you know. I think I'd probably take the Roosters with 12 and a half, but anything less than that would make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, I'm kind of still not sold on the hooker situation. Like, Maskey does a solid job, but I think they're going to need as much attack as they're going to need defence. So if they're going to yeah, sort of... You don't think that Trent Robertson knows that and that he'll, he will adjust to that? Like, he'll just want... Similar to the, I guess, the Ray Stone and Brad Arthur last week. Like you, you've got to adjust. You've got to know that you're not going to get a lot out of this. So how are you then going to generate your momentum? Yeah, I get that, but I think Stone, you at least know that he hits like a brick shit house, and he's definitely not going to miss tackles. I think Maskey is solid in a lot of areas. I'm not comparing them, I'm just saying it's, it's similar. Yeah, well, I, I'm at the point where I've seen Lamb play in nine a couple of times. I've seen him defend on the edge. He does a good job. I think he's probably as crafty, if not craftier, at that position. And I don't know, again, and I've said it before, with a walker, it's an injury thing. And I, that's that's my opinion, that they've sort of held back on him. He's still got the AC joint guards on. And it looks like they've sort of pulled back after a big year. But if I'm going into this game, I'm probably more inclined to start with a lamb and maybe use Marsky for a 25, 30-minute stint and play lamb as the other nine. And I'd have Walker with Hutchison. I think they're going to need points so I think they need a little bit more of their attack in the last few weeks is outstanding is what I think Tedesco has been it's, it's got a little bit more predictable since they lost Manu as to where the football's going with him sweeping and being on the ball so much as a first and a second receiver as well as trying to you know be that fullback and play out the back of shape um, just think they're going to need a little bit more there so I, I don't know what way he's going to go but that's just my opinion of how I'd probably handle the nine situation trying to get more out of your attack yeah I agree so, do you think he'll stick with Marshke for a majority? Yeah, and, I, yeah, I, no, yeah. And even like Radley, you know, like you could roll Radley in, but I just think no, again, like Radley, no, Radley's no, so important. No way in the world. Yeah, and that's the no point. Way in the world. You don't weaken, no. um, you know, a strength. And that's... You, it, you can keep Radley where he is, you play Marshke there. And this yeah. is why I'm saying similar thing. Like, I think Lamb moving out of the halves is not really a big deal. I think he's literally been put there more so the last few weeks for the defensive side of things. He hasn't been tasked with running a lot of attacking shape or anything crazy. Like, he's been playing direct, he's been playing short, he makes his tackles, he kicks well. When Walker was in there with Hutchison, um, you know, he took most of that responsibility along with Tedesco to help out with some attack and some shape, but he just brings a bit more in terms of the threat as a ball player and what he's going to do. Yes, he's a little bit more vulnerable defensively, um, and that's certainly somebody you could see last week spotted up at the end of the game there where the Titans made that break with Fumor. I think he was out on the right-hand edge, so he'd be up against the left-hand side of Manly, which is, you know, Schuster, Foran, that edge there, and play nice and direct at him. And I'm sure they'd get Tommy sweeping around and try and spot him up. But I'm looking at it either way, going, well, even if it's Lamb, I think then in the middle, if Maskey plays too many minutes or you put Radley there, you're taking away from him doing his job, which is also helping out as that link man. Or, you know, Maskey not having a whole heap of football under his belt, and I'd just be hammering him if I was Manly. I'd have traffic at him constantly just trying to burn him to the ground um, to make sure that that's, you know, a spot where you can get quick play the balls and start to tighten that ruck to get the ball to the edges and get Tommy playing or get Tommy just playing straight through the middle as he likes to do. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, 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 I,
Yeah, the Lord's been played out. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game. So, mm. well, we'll find out more near kickoff in terms of what they're going to do there. But yeah, I, I look at this and think for Manly, it's as simple as tighten up a little bit on that right edge, be more disciplined with the football, and they're going to get a shitload more opportunity this week um, to get Tom involved in those good positive spots because I think they're going to be better matched in terms of uh, you know the Roosters can certainly match them in the forward pack, but at the moment with the way they've got their back line, uh, a couple of guys there patching up some holes and a few of the forwards even like I said Jared playing a bit busted and not relying on their rotation too much I think it's going to be you know there for Manly if they can stay patient and take their opportunities and work over those halves or work over a Marshke with their forward pack and get Tommy back involved in the game this week so um, I'll be tipping Manly similar to you in terms of the line you know I'm pretty confident that if Manly play their best football they could probably blow this out but I by no means do I think the Roosters will hand it to him on a silver platter. No. So, you're on Manly as well? Yeah, yeah. And the odds with bluebet.com.au, $1.29 are the Manly Seagulls, $3.35 are the Roosters, 11.5 is the line, 1-12 to 12 is $3 for Manly, it's $5 for the Roosters, 13 plus is $2 for Manly, $10 for the Roosters in that one. And uh, again, all our betting previews and game previews are brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with any book, you make sure you do it with Bluebet. Download the app today. And uh, before we kick off this second game with the Panthers and Parramatta, the Battle of the West, they've got a corker market again this week, which is Brian Toto to score any time in the first 60 minutes, and you'll get $3 maximum bet on that is 50. But uh, any time, he'd be lucky to be $1.50 if you think he can grab one. In the first half or early in the second half, $3 there, maximum $50 bet for Brian Totler to score any time in that game. But uh, we've seen these two play recently. I think Parramatta gave a pretty good account of themselves considering the amount of players they had out. But again, you can't take much away yeah, from that game. Uh, earlier in the year, tight contest that Penrith got away with. But again, I think that one was during Origin, wasn't it? So I found that one sort of hard. To take a lot out of, or was it was it around Origin time they played? Who? Penrith and Parramatta early in the year. Yeah, they both had full back in though. Mitchell Moses missed the kick. Did they back up? Was that after a game or? Um, not sure. Not sure. I can't quite remember from memory, but yeah, that was obviously the tight game and um, on the night there, fairly good contest. And that's that's another one of these games again where when you look at it realistically, I'm looking at Penrith and thinking if Edwards and Laota is back in the side. Tyler's had a couple of weeks under his belt now. Fish will be a couple more weeks back into the process, etc., etc. I'm leaning towards Penrith, but then you add in the layer. Again, Parramatta versus Penrith, Battle of the West. Always tight games, always plenty of feeling. Um, they're certainly not going to have it all their own way. You look at last week, like Parramatta won. You know, there were some good things, but there was also some bad things because I didn't think Newcastle were overly impressive and it's probably tighter than what it should have been and leaking those points in the back end of the second half. But Penrith here, I also wonder if there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors because you've got Mitch Kenny named on the bench again and Tyra May was supposedly indefinitely out in range of that MCL, but they've got him in 21. So I've got no doubt that if he's healthy to go, Kenny won't be playing. Sorensen was supposed to be finished with his wrist. He's named in 15. Uh, you know, I'm looking at that going, well, again, if he is healthy, but... Kenny's there, like, do you run with another hooker slash utility forward again? Like, I, 
if you I, I, to me, Coruscant doesn't come off the field, and I don't carry Mitch Kenny just in case. If you're going to carry someone just in case, it needs to be someone like Tyron May who covers more positions than essentially nine and just a. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In the middle, I'd rather have Otago or Lainu as an extra person on my bench. Um, and then in terms of like looking at your starting forward pack, if a layout are pulled out again, there's no way, and they haven't done it this week, would I have started with Eisenhuth, I would have gone with, you know, a Martin or a Pungai Jr. and had somebody like a Tago come onto the bench to join Spencer Lanu. But um, this week, no stains in the 21, no Eisenhuth in the 21. So if there's any late changes in terms of backline, Naden will most likely be the one to push into a wing spot to let Crichton go back to fullback unless they push one of their back rowers or a Tago to centre or a Catewell and put someone else in the back row. But um, I, I like what they've done on that side of things. And for Parramatta... Joey Lussick, he hasn't made the cut again with that injury, so it's going to be the same setup in terms of nine. Ray Stone will start. Will Smith is there for a bit of utility value um, to relieve. And the only other change they made this week, Makahisi Makatoa has been dropped, and Ryan Madison has rejoined the bench um, for the Parramatta side of things. But other than that, same side as last week. But uh, what, what do you think about this one? Probably the game before I like it. I find it really, really strange. Like people are just shit canning Penrith this week. Like they've they've come under a lot of criticism. Um, I was watching a little bit of three sixty while uh, I was eating dinner before. Paul Kent said if they lose, they're chokers because they've done nothing for two years. And you know, like, it's a like, tad yeah, They're copping a, a bit of a hammering at the moment. But look, I you know knowing a lot of these players, knowing the club fairly well. Knowing the coaching staff, um, they wouldn't have been rattled by last week. Uh, the result, look, they, it was there to be won. I, I could break down probably five or six clear chances that they had to even the score and didn't. I think you've got to both understand how well South Sydney played and how well they executed what they wanted to do and how far off the pace Penrith were in terms of their execution and composure. Um, I think the biggest thing is is, is can Parramatta replicate what South did? Because if that's the case, <clears throat> we're then going to find out whether Penrith have learned their lesson from last week. Because I guarantee you, if you know Penrith go roll through this game, Melbourne are going to test them on what South Sydney did. So the message for Penrith's got to be, you know, you, they really, really need to have, have hit, adhered to the deficiencies that were exposed last week in their composure, in their inability to adapt to the style of game and what the game actually demanded at certain stages. And they, they really have to focus in and get that right. And that, that to me is going to be... That's going to determine how this game will be played. If, if Penrith are clinical, patient, composed, they kick well, they control the game and defend well 
I don't think they'll have any problem putting Parramatta out of their misery. But if Parramatta are allowed to dictate, Penrith give them errors, field position, you know, give them early points, give them a lead, then Penrith can be in some trouble here. Um, and scoreboard pressure, we saw what scoreboard pressure did to Penrith last week. They, you know, they were behind, 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 and they just, with 20 to go, you just got that feeling like they started the players that are looking at the scoreboard. So I think for Parramatta, you need to, A, implement what South did. You need to try and rattle Penrith up. You need to defend really well. You need to not give them any more chances or extra chances on your goal line to attack your um, try line than what they would normally earn anyway. And then you've just got to, you've got to find a couple of tries. I think if Parramatta can find 18 points, they're, they're a chance of winning this game. Uh, my issue is I'm not sure where they're going to find 18 points. And it's not so much for me about Penrith's attack. It's going to be a lot more about Parramatta's attack and Penrith's defence. We know that Penrith's defence is not Newcastle. Penrith's defence is, you know, they're, they're elite. They're up there with Melbourne. They're, they're a very, very good defensive side. They're well coached. Uh, they're fit. They're strong. And you know that they're going to make good decisions and they can defend back-to-back sets for, you know, long periods of time and they'll turn you away. Newcastle couldn't do that last week with Parramatta and, and Parra got some tries there that they're not going to get against top four teams. So can Parramatta score 18 points? If they can, I think they can win and or at least be competitive. If they can't, I think Penrith... Well, I can't see Penrith not scoring probably three or four tries in this game. I'm not sure we're used to it, right? So, uh, I've been... It's quite interesting, though, because Parramatta have upset Melbourne twice, and if they can implement that style of footy, I think it'll, it'll upset Penrith. Yeah, yeah see, that, that one for me, like the last game I'd consider an upset, but the first one all the way back in round three without Grant and a few of the guys, like, I'm not reading into that game. Like, Last one was definitely well, an upset. Like it or not, they beat Melbourne twice. No, I'm not dis- they'll take a lot of they'll take a lot of confidence out. Of I'm not disagreeing with it, but and, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that those games were. No, the, the last one I take something out of, strength. but I'm not I'm, taking. I'm, I'm talking about how that impacts their mental state. Mm. They're not the fragile Parramatta that you know we've probably seen years gone by that'll beat up on bottom of the eight sides but struggle against the top four teams. That you know Melbourne have had what three losses this year and two are against Parramatta. So, you know, that, there's something to be said about that. And I think Parramatta will carry confidence. So, I, you know, I don't think they're going to get that timid, wait and see Parramatta. You're going to get Parramatta, you know, come out confident that they're going to get their game on. And, and Penrith are going to have to put it back in their place. And, you know, if, if Parramatta can sense any sort of weakness or any lack of confidence or lack of swagger from Penrith, they're going to eat that up. Well, plain and simple, you've probably taken the words out of my mouth in terms of forget the first Storm Mills game, but the blueprint to beat either Melbourne or beating a Panthers side is the blueprint they played against Melbourne the second time, which they placed the highest importance on their play one-two in terms of their attack and their defence. And if they're going to do that to Penrith, they've got a big chance in this game. But can they maintain that for 80? Uh, I don't know. Can they carry that mentality through? You know, they had the big performance there. They rested their players a lot last week. They were a little bit hit and miss, and you know they got pulled apart on their edges a few times by Newcastle. A few of them had a simple passes from Ponga where they didn't mark up quite, you know, quite right. But I look at this game and think it's all on down to their forward pack. If Paulo 
Campbell Gillard, Nathan Brown can't get physical and personal and lay that sort of platform and lay the gauntlet down to put Moses in good positions to kick and try and trap them in yardage play one two like they did. Um, I think they've got no chance at all. There's going to be huge pressure on both edges. Like they know enough about Wunga Blake to know that you can pull him out of shape at times. So I've got no doubt they're going to try and set up some plays and get down that side of the field. They're definitely going to run traffic at Moses with their left-hand side, which has been out of sorts a little bit, more particularly um, Luai and Kikau. And I'm at the point now where I, if I'm Ivan Cleary, I don't understand the whole not starting Kikau. Like he, he either starts or he doesn't. Like the whole bench and moving around back rows. If I'm a back rower and particularly someone like Kikau, to me, who is a confidence player and is better getting into the contest early and, and warming himself into the game, he starts on that left-hand side and they need to work those kinks out because Luai hasn't quite been the same since Origin and Kikau's been going backwards, I think, week on week. Um, they need to sort that out early and the better they do, you've got Burton, you've got Tyler. Uh, all positive things happen when that left side's working well and they're going to be able to run traffic at him, put pressure on Penasini, who's done a hell of a job so far defensively to tighten things up, but this is going to be a completely different sort of contest for him. Ferguson has a tendency to get trigger happy. We saw that last week when they had the four and four and Ponga simple with a double pump pulled him in field enough to throw that cutout pass. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing for me with Parramatta is exactly what I just said. If their forward pack doesn't lay down the gauntlet and then maintain the rage, I don't think they've got any chance. And um, I've got confidence in the starting forward pack and Campbell Gillard last week made things personal with him and Paulo. This is personal. Stone will tighten up the middle, so I think they'll be tighter defensively. Uh, you know, near Corey, as a hitman on that other edge, Brown, there's plenty of aggression there. The bench this week worries me maybe a little bit that he's, he's dropped a middle rotation, but he, you know, he's sort of stuck with these guys there and played long minutes. Buffalo will be huge off the bench, but, you know, Cartwright pushing passes, how he implements Madison, does he roll lane out or play him as a middle? I'm not quite sure, but... Um, yeah, I think there's a few key spots there, in particular those edges that they're going to go after. They're definitely going to go after Wanga, but more particularly, I think there'll be a lot of pressure placed on Moses and Panasini, um, the young fellow there, with their left-hand side. And On Penrith's side of things, I just look at one of the key ins, and that would be Edwards, and we talked about last week when you talk about numbers. Forget the numbers that Crichton racked up, they were huge, but... In terms of effectiveness, being involved in the game, being on the ball, being everywhere you need to be, he's safe at the back. He, he rips the ball back. Tyo gets on the back of that next play. Before you know it, they've already rolled 30 metres, which puts their forwards behind the ball. Fisher-Harris, Leota, one-two punch. Coruscant working off that. The ability to jump into shape and you know shift straight away. I think it's going to be a whole lot better this week as long as Edwards and Leota uh, are both on board. And again, just... Not messing with that back row. Use that bench to full effect. Get your Tavita Pung guys involved as a middle. Get Martin on as a middle. I don't, I don't like Martin on the edge, in all honesty. I think his best work's done when he just does spade work and works hard to the guts. Um, and, yeah, if Sorensen's good to go, he's obviously been a big in as well. Um, and, yeah, the Kenny side of things, even if May's not right to go, I'd honestly consider carrying a Tago or a Lanu just for even more impact. But... Yeah, I think Yo will be more effective this week. Souths did a good job nullifying most of their go-forward last week, which stopped him linking as much with Nathan. And Luai obviously got a bit erratic, but I think it all flows from the return of the fullback in that front row. If he does his job, Tyo starts him again, play two off the front foot. Those two big boppers get rolling off the back of it. And if they can wear through that hard period for Parramatta, um, 
yeah, I can just see Nathan really picking on Dunster and Ferguson, who's got a tendency to drop, trying to put him in corners and strangle him in yardage, and then, yeah, really go after Moses and Panasoni. So, yeah, and that, that's a great matchup. Penasini, like I said, for a guy that's eligible to play SG ball, it's it's usually young guys coming in, you look at their attack and go, oh, he's got a flick pass or he's got a good carry or this, that and the other. I think he's been just as good defensively as he has been offensively, and that's been a problem in the past for them. So um, him going there has sort of shored things up a little bit because early in the year that switch they had between their halves, like they tried to justify Brown and Moses as part of it being to do with kick and the way they play into shape but Dylan Brown honestly moving half of it is for defence if you watch Dylan Brown defend he's outstanding the last time they played he just chopped kick out down relentlessly any time they tried to isolate him whereas this time you can get kick out on Burton and they'll add on Moses that's a completely different kettle of fish and it's going to put a lot more pressure on the young bloke as to whether he holds shape or he can get help from his inside from Arata and other guys it's going to be a much bigger test this week yeah so um yeah, I, I like Penrith. I just think for Ivan, it's, it's time to stop outsmarting yourself. I think he's tampered too much with his bench and fucked around. Pick your best 13, leave Kikau in to start, roll those other guys in as you see fit to play as middles and back rails. I don't like this shuffling of you go to the edge, you go to the middle, and then you go back here, and then we'll take a back row off, and then we'll get you back in for 20 more minutes. Just you know, pick your best 13, roll those guys in to make an impact for you. Be solid in yardage. Let Nathan kick and dictate, and things will take care of themselves. Yeah, great. Penrith are just going to get back to middle footy, rolling off Coruscant, and then just allowing their halves to play on the back of momentum. Kick first. Let Nathan and Jerome get their jersey dirty. Let Edwards do his stuff, bring the ball out of the backfield. Just really reset. What are the foundations and fundamentals of their football? And the rest of the fancy and flashy stuff will come off the back of it. Yeah, and same like I said, with, like you're getting there with the interchanges. Don't overcomplicate things. That like you're going to go here for twenty, then you're going to go to the middle and edge. No, no. Kick out is my fucking left edge back row. This was our bread and butter last year with this left edge. It's been upgraded now with Burton. This is my left edge. Martin, yes. Pungai, etc. You're all going to come on and make an impact through middle minutes. We might even give Fish five or ten minutes less if he just busts himself. Tell him to go absolutely crazy 15 minutes and not worry about playing 60-65 because we've got such quality on our bench that we can bring guys in and, you know, get more out of them and make an even bigger impact on the game. Like, you know, just simplify the way you play your football. If you need someone to go to an edge, it should be for an injury or another purpose. That's not constantly rejig combinations and what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I think they, again, similar deal. I don't think they'll have it all their own way, but I've got confidence that if the best version of Penrith turns up, they'll beat Parramatta. Um, but as we as we know, Battle of the West games, plenty physical, but I think another thing, probably not understated, but when you've got somebody like Stone at nine and you know the predominant kicker is going to be Moses, Moses is kick pressure, he's going to need a good platform because if they're playing off the back foot, you know where almost 100% of the kick is going to be coming from. Penrith's not going to have to be a whole at, at, at all accountable to the ruck because Ray Stone's not going to manipulate or run or try and do a whole lot around there. So there's going to be good inside pressure and pressure on their middles as well. Yeah, agree. Um, but the tip here, uh, again, I think Penrith, similar to Manly, if they get it right, it could be a, a you know, 12 to 14 point sort of victory. If uh, everything really gets right and they find their mojo, they, they could maybe win by 20, but I certainly don't think Parramatta will go away and 
if they can stick in for that first 15, 20 minutes, um, we might have a real game on our hands. 100%. Yeah, 100%. But tipping the Panthers? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yep. And with bluebet.com.au, the odds there are $1.22. Uh, the Penny Panthers, the Parramatta Eels are $4.25, the line. Minus 12.5 currently. Panthers 1 to 12, 295. Eels 550. Panthers 13 plus $1.90. And uh, 13 plus for Parramatta is $13. That market again is Brian Toto. $3 anytime to score in the first 60 minutes. $3 and you get a max $50 bet there with bluebet.com.au. Don't bet with anyone else than the true blue bookie. And our charity account, no dice last week for Crichton or Kickout. Uh, what do you like this week? Put me on spot. Um, what have we got? We got a Hundy. You got Hundy again, but it's two fifties. So I'd probably roll the dice again with Kickout. Uh, well, I'm looking at the Manly game at the moment. Yeah, Manly game. I'd probably go your big boy. Ola again. Yeah. So Ola's right side, so he's running at Crichton. Uh, but if he gets wide enough, which I think they, again, I, I don't think they use him well enough at times for how dynamic he is. I'd want to get him that little bit wider, try and get him outside Crichton. And at Kieran, if you can get him at Kieran, I'd be really confident um, in that sort of shape when they get him tighter into the field and hush some plays down there. He is a bigger body, but he's not the best laterally, so certainly a possibility. I like R2's 275. I, I just got a feeling they're going to be able to lay a platform for Tom to run wild. I, I sort of like him to score a double, which is $3. I'll do it. Um, and then on the flip side of that, the Parramatta game, if you're talking like you said about Kikia, and I scroll down a little bit here. Anytime try scorer. Kickouts 237. Burton, all those guys on that left-hand side are already short. Brian, like we said, just any time is $1.53. So you got Nath, 275. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that left-hand side is predominant. And then on the other side that you said, maybe I'll look R2 or Tom for a double, but... They might be the guy. A couple of try scorers for $50 pops. Do it. Do it. Uh, but anything else popped up in the last couple of days? I've seen that the Bulldogs have obviously now moved on from not only Adam Elliott, but uh, Lachlan Lewis, who was off contract, he's been moved on as well. And uh, heard today, Fitala Marana, his career is in doubt. They had a surgery on his foot, which didn't go so great. Now they're doing a bone graft, which can pose some complications. So he might be medically retired if things don't work out well. Wow, that's not good. So, uh, yeah, hard for him. Career uh, sort of up in the air. That's not good at all. No. Nah. And we've seen confirmation from teams about moving players on. The Titans are now have confirmed that Peachy won't be re-signed. Taylor's moved on. Mitch Rain's been moved on. Uh, the, the Dragons moved on 10 players the Bulldogs we know moved on 10 plus players yellow week so plenty in that regard I haven't seen any confirmation from Newcastle yet in terms of the, the few they had left and who's been moved on but um, Peachy's already been linked to the Canberra Raiders which is a bit left field they talk about him as a playmaker I don't understand how that would work with Jack White I think Jack White needs a, a steady 7 not somebody who's you know 
erratic and not realistically a half. Like he, he's a good in these new rules if he's playing sort of that thirteen and maybe that extra man that can be creative. But if they're looking at him as an extra option, the sort of a, a half lock sort of role. I don't know if he really fits into their starting forward pack, which is fairly loaded. But to play in the halves, I don't. I just don't understand. It's a bit odd that one. He's been linked to Parramatta. He's been linked to Penrith. I'm surprised he hasn't been linked to the Dogs with Gus there, to be honest. Yeah, as I said on last week's show, I think there's going to be a lot to on last week's show on um, Sunday night show. There's going to be a lot play out between now and February. There always is. There's always movements. There's wants and needs. There's contracts. There's you know guys who feel as though they should be getting more or guys that clubs feel as though are on too much and it's just that toing and froing so yeah it'll be an interesting off season as it always is yeah well Peachy's the main one that popped up Ash Taylor still nothing about him we heard links to you know potential return to Brisbane early doors that was shut down very very quickly there was talk for a little bit about Canberra Canberra knocked that on the head so He's another one, a bit like Corey Norman, who's a big name that a lot of people have linked them places and said there's no interest. I think for NRL clubs, at the end of the day, if players like that don't go to England, clubs will just wait it out if they've got no options and bleed them dry. They'll get to a point where they say, well, if you want to play football, you can come here for minimum wage or 100 grand and we'll give you a chance. But no one's clamoring for the services of those sorts of guys right now. That'll be stuff we hear about around Christmas time or start of pre-season when uh, you know their options are either been taken or they've got nothing on the table yeah uh, there you go there's a preview of the two clashes from the weekend so going off our results we will see the top four teams all progress but switch dancing partners will get what we thought would be the grand final a week earlier between the Storm and the Panthers and on the other side of the draw we'd have South's Manly two cracker games regardless um and yeah, I guess, like many people have said, if Penrith were to go this way around, they certainly would have earned their title. And uh, for South Sydney, snuck up on a lot of people last week. Get Manly, I'm sure they'd be confident in that game that there's a potential that they could be going to a grand final in the old Foxes last year, Wayne Bennett. And I'm sure the, uh, the week off he'll be scheming and have something up his sleeve regardless of who they're playing. But uh, looking forward to this weekend's games. Absolutely, man. Five games to go. They're all huge. They're all eliminators. Yeah, it's going to be good. Good fun. Can't wait. Absolutely outstanding. And this episode, again, brought to you by Penrith Solar Centre. It's that time of the year. The sun's coming out. The days are getting longer. Get on board with Jake and the crew there. Make sure you get in contact today. Jump on the website, www.penrithsolar.com.au or call 1820 And big thanks to bluebet.com.au for supporting our charity account. Hopefully... We can bank some more cash. If you're going to bet with anyone, do it with a true boo blookie. Download the app today and look at that market. Toto, $3 to score anytime in the first 60 minutes. But for now, Boxhead, just got to look forward to these uh, two games and prelims and grand final. I can't believe how quick the year's gone. Yeah. Yep. Fighting games, my friend. Absolute insanity. But for everybody out there, hope you're staying safe. And doing well, as always, feel free to inbox us on the page or message us. There's been plenty of activity lately. If your team's still in, best of luck. And uh, we'll be back Sunday night, season review, talk to those two games and uh, those teams that have been eliminated. Then another preview podcast next week, heading into the prelim finals. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you
what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.